we'll say the same exact thing. Motherfucker. All right. Welcome to episode 17 of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. This is the third fucking time we've done this. Ben, how's your fucking week? <laughs> it's better than your fucking recording skills, buddy. Damn it. Um, ah, Jesus Christ. All right. Um, so I heard the majority of it, but you're telling me a story about how you got into a tip with somebody over a mask. So why don't you start it over for the third time? We're recording this time. All right, hey. Let's go. Let's re-say hello to our people because we don't want them to think that we're just like me. I'm Aaron. Cross the table for me. That's one of my best friends. Got a 31st birthday coming up next week. Just a true inspiration. Great fucking guy to be friends with. Benny, how you doing, Val? Oh, um, that, was, that was really nice, Aaron. Um, I can tell that, you know, you are in a like a very good place spiritually. You know, you're not pissed totally. off at the world at all. Not <laughs> remotely. Like not at the internet guy here. No, hold, hold on a second. Now I will say this: I'm not mad at the internet guy. I'm mad at myself, and I have nobody else to be mad at because it is my responsibility to record, and I fucked it up. Now that being said, as I prefaced in my first intro, I want to hear the rest of the story about how you got into it with a clerk at a grocery store over it, a mask. It is but, funny. It, but, hey. Go ahead. No, you go. Oh, you said but. Yeah, I was going to say but. I oh, need you okay. to start yeah. over so everybody can hear the story. Though. Yeah, so go to Jackson Hole Grocer, and yeah. um, they provide masks at the door. So I grab a mask, go in, grab, you know, some sushi, and uh, got a veggie roll or a wrap or something and check out and there's like a little dining area a cafe mm -hmm. like 10 feet from where the checkout is so go in there eat, eat the food i'm like all right hungry for a treat so i go but like when i had taken my mask off to eat oh wait no i ate through the mask remember oh right right yeah you just jammed yeah, it yeah. through the mask liquefied it, it. The mask. yep right yep oh gosh that reminds me of another story after this one <laughs> okay good. <laughs> um so um the mask had broken when i had taken it off and i wanted to go grab some something like sweet so i asked the guy who was like manning the cafe area i was like can i go grab another mask to yep. you know go back in the store and he's like yeah yeah whatever so go outside get them get another mask walk in it it breaks so i'm just like Oh my God, like this is pointless. So I just left the mask dangling from like my left ear. Hmm. And uh, <clears throat> there's like a Tate's cookies display right in the front of the store. Yep. So I grab some cookies. I go to the express checkout lane. So <laughs> I'm standing in line and there's this little fat, white, bald guy. And he's, he's the checkout clerk. And he like yells over to me. He's like, sir, you need to have your mask on. I'm like, dude, my mask is broken. Like, what do you want me to do? He's like, get another mask. I'm like, dude, I got, I'm in, I'm in line. I'm like, I have a bag of cookies. I'm going to check out and I'm going to get out of here. I didn't yeah, right. say any of that. I was just like, dude, I, I got like, so bad radio. I just, <laughs> you just held your hand up in the air, but yeah, he, um, he, he, he yeah. pantomimed what it would be if he held something up in the air to like, show dude, I have the clerk a bag of cookies that, that I he just has a bag with. of cookies. He has to buy. 
So he's like, he's like, it's store policy. I'm like, dude, I just ate my meal 10 feet on the other side of you without my mask on. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, he's like, it, it's policy, sir. I'm like, I understand. It's just a very, very bad policy. I also <laughs> didn't say that. I'm just like, at this point, I'm, I'm just like rolling my eyes. Finally, this lady like checks me out and it, you know, whatever takes 30 seconds. Um, Kept you in the store that much longer though, breathing your coronavirus air into the air. <laughs> yeah, though. It's like, dude, you guys make no sense right now. But um, leads to my other story this morning. I went into Cowboy Coffee to grab, to get a coffee. I never even got it because I was so disgusted. There was these two fucking idiots in front of me. They walk into the coffee shop without masks on. Yep. Put masks on. Talk about what they're going to get. Giggle at each other. They're, they're like, they were like a new, like 60 year old couple. 60, like, 60, 60, 60. Okay. Like they were old and they were like, you know, newly dating or something. They both giggle, they hug, and then they kiss with their masks on. <laughs> and I just, I just, I, I didn't even know what to do, except I just turned around and walked out. I had nope. I'm out of here. <laughs> Well, I was like, I'd been in line for like 10 minutes already, just like standing in there. There's all these people like, you know, waiting for their orders, like watching. And uh, they kissed with masks on. And uh, then I was like, all right, I'm done. So that, <laughs> there, there you have it. Dude. Um, I guess we're back in the shit. So welcome back. Uh, um, Coronavirus is yeah. scram <laughs> scrambling people's brains. I like, I was, I was in, uh, I was in an account the other day and, my buddy who works for another distributor was, was there as well. He's like looking at me cause I got my mask on. I've just had the same mask since it became mandated that I had to wear a mask. And he's like, your mask is dirty. I'm like, it is fucking dirty. Like I'm not washing this thing and I'm not going and getting another one. So like, it is fucking dirty. He's like, that's disgusting. I'm like, bro, listen, I'm only wearing this thing. So everybody around me doesn't fucking freak out and like, put me on the news or social media. I don't give a fuck about this mask. I don't care that it's dirty. Like it's the, so the gyms are back open here now. And I don't uh, get it. So what they're, they're now they're, but they're shutting down all like, like Texas just got shut back down. Like, well, I mean, Connecticut and... has like nothing. Go like, I think today we had 117 new cases and like nine new debt like no it's it's basically gone here so, so it what seems. like it's run its political toll in connecticut so now they're yeah just exactly so ned Le ned lamont has is polling better than he's ever polled before so now the deaths are going down and you know right on time right on schedule um <laughs> yeah hey uh, hey all they gotta all we gotta do is get to the uh you know, I mean, the second to, round where they lock us <laughs> lock us inside and then they, right around election uh, time yep um paper ballots mail-in ballots very easy no manipulated. i mean to and to be frank without being too political like ned lamont's spineless he just followed what mass in new york did and new mass new york new jersey whatever they were doing he just followed them you know he had his no opinion of his own and, and he just followed what they did but whatever you know i can't complain things are slowly starting to get back to normal here so it's all good but anyways just talking about the gyms so I went to the gym on Monday after, uh, after work, like 5.30. And normally when I would like 
you know, four months ago when I would go, it'd be fucking jammed to the gills, you know, but I would just go and wait my turn and do my workout and get the fuck out. So I was partially expecting it to be pretty jammed up again. Maybe 15 people in a 20,000 square foot gym. It was fucking awesome. It was <laughs> so great. I loved it. But anyways, the point of that is, you know, the downside is you have to wear your mask when you're working out. So I was there today. Um, and, uh, it sucked, dude. Like, cause I was doing kind of like, I was doing a lot of circuit shit and it's like, I was just like sweating like all around my face. Like, dude, this is fucking sucks. You know, it's like, I get what we're doing, but we're at a point where if you're not comfortable going out, just don't go out. Just don't go out. Don't work. Don't do anything. Just don't go out because I'm not scared of this bullshit. I am so sick of it. Like, I'm done with it. That's it. As far as masks go. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's like, uh, it's so funny. It, you know, if you've ever seen a picture of what a virologist wears in a lab to like <laughs> keep viruses off them, it's like, I saw that. it's like a hazmat four, suit. <laughs> yeah. It's like four layers of shit, like all this stuff. Like, yeah, that little fucking bandana will do it. Like not, it, dude, it's so like, here we are, man. Week uh, 17. Yep. So we, it, we started it. Episode two was episode two was our, was our pandemic, pandemic. episode. And then episode nine, I want to say was full coronavirus, which by the way, I didn't get enough credit for that fucking title because like that came to me and I was like, well, if that's not the most brilliant thing that's come out of my brain in the last 10 years, I don't know what is. And other than you, nobody gave a fuck about that. So that's bullshit. That's probably because people don't even know what the word faux means. Because well, Faux means fake in French. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, thank um, you. And then here we are, week 17. The entire length of this podcast, which, you know, we've said it a couple times, like we didn't start this thing because of coronavirus. The timing just happened to work out that way. But here we are. We're seven, 17 episodes into this. Ilya Kovalchuk episodes into this. And like, it's still fucking, it's still relevant, man. It's it, it, wild. It's still, re it's, it's actually more relevant than ever now. Now it's becoming yeah. a thing again. I guess because everyone's mind was off the, uh, let's see, we went pandemic to race war. Back to, to pandemic. Back to pandemic to, I, I really think there's going to be a civil, I think there's going to be a civil war coming up. Or aliens. Before. Aliens are, aliens is a, is a practical, logical next step as well. Yeah, but, Dude, alien, but aliens are such a cheap, cheap way out. Like, it's so easy to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's such a pussy way out. Like, you know, I'm serious. Like, that that would be like, oh, aliens are coming. You know what I mean? Of and, course aliens show yeah, up. Yeah, like, like, most predictable know. Hollywood movie of all time, the aliens show up all the well, time. Let me guess, the, the aliens show up on fucking Harry Potter broomsticks, you know? <laughs> The Nimbus fucking 3000. Ah, man. No, I know. It's just, it's just funny. You know, it's just funny. Like this is still like a thing, but I mean, whatever, you know, we, you, we've talked about it ad nauseum. You and I are fucking thriving and, and that's all that really matters. Actually, that kind of is a, like a good segue. Cause I was obviously, so like I mentioned in the beginning, I think it was the beginning of this one. I've rec we've recorded this three times now. Well, once, and then I forgot to record another time. So this yeah, is the third know, time we've heard. Yeah. But uh, you've got a birthday coming up next Tuesday. 
uh, you'll be joining the 31 Club with me. For those keeping track at home, we're 12 days apart. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of talk to you, like almost like in an evergreen episode sense, like what are like some of the most important things you think you've learned, not even like in your entire life, but say since you were 21 till now, like the last decade, the last decade of your life through your 20s and then obviously one year in your 30s? Alcohol is poison. Um, yeah, no, cheers. But, uh, <laughs> dude, a lot, man. I like, I feel like in the last decade has probably been my most, um, you know, like roller coaster of a decade. You know, I yeah. started, started the decade off as, uh, let's see, like a 225 pound <laughs> mullet having uh, three lines shaved in the side of my head. Um, the Nick, that's where the nickname like, Benny the know, Bull came from. <laughs> yeah benched like 315 I, yeah i was in like the way over thousand pound club um complete meathead total meathead didn't like i mean shit 20 dude that was my fucking sophomore year in college <laughs> you know what i mean like you want to talk about no holds bar um so yeah so i think i got all the bullshit out early on and then, you know, hockey, I would say, like, playing in the minors taught me a ton just because, you know, like, I learned to, like, you know, I, I was off on my own in, like, a different part, you know, of the country. And I was, like, kind of trying to figure out where I, like, was going to, like, fit in in, like, the world and what right. I was going to do. And, you know, for me, like, I just tried to – you know, make as many buddies as I could. And, you know, hopefully those contacts would, would come and help, you know, but then like, unlike some of my other friends who kind of just kept playing, like my, my dad was like, dude, you done or what? And I was like, yeah, I can be done. So do you, do you think that experience of playing like minor league hockey, like, would you say that that humbled you? Because like, here you are, like, you know, I don't know that you realistically ha ever had expectations of, say, making it to the NHL, but, like, I think, you know, you thought and and we all, and you know, I thought at home that, you, you know, you'd have, you know, kind of a long pro hockey career and obviously it didn't work out. So would you say that that, like, experience well, centers kind of humbled you a little bit? It wasn't that. It was like I kind of learned, like, okay, so my coach my senior year, actually, no, it was at my, my exit meeting my junior year in college, I had led the country in power play scoring. Not a big deal. I was like, yeah, I was like, like feeling good as a hockey player. And I remember he, he was, we were just like shooting the shit in his office. And, uh, you know, he was just like, Ben, you gotta, he's like, you gotta start doing knuckle push ups. He's like, and you gotta start like sandpaper in your knuckles. And he said, you gotta go to like, you know, learn to fight. Yeah. He said, if you can learn, he said, if you, if you can fight, he said, you will have a very, very long professional hockey career. And he was basing that off of my skill set with like my size, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. That sounds fucking sweet. Like, let's, fucking, <laughs> let's go hit a fucking punching bag, like bare knuckled all summer. And like, like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Like, oh, yeah, like, fucking right. Came back from my senior year, had my worst year in college, played like shit. Yeah. 
or not not played like shit, but just like I don't know, I don't know if I was like I was like over it at that point. Like I kind because at that point, like all, like you know, I had a couple years of friends that were going to play or that were already playing, and I was like, okay. So then, as soon as the season you know was over or whatever, school was over, graduated, and like it wasn't long before. You know, like I had gotten a call from Mike Cragen in Knoxville, and um, yep. so like I just pretty quickly like it, that happened in like June, and the season didn't start till uh, you know October. So um, then I was like, you know, ready to go. So I went down there, <clears throat> and I was like, okay, if I had if I got called over the summer to like sign, I was like, I, like <clears throat> I'm on, like I made this team, like sure. I'm, and I get down there, and there was 40 fucking guys in training camp that were all sick hockey players. I was <laughs> right. like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know and what I mean? Twi- like, what, 21 roster spots? So it's like 18 with goaltenders. So oh, 16 geez. skaters, two goalies. So I, I just – I don't know what I – I mean, I just had a really good camp or whatever, and he, he thought I had, like, a great demeanor and, like, a great presence. He's like, you know, you already look like a pro player. So I, I you know, made the team and that was like, whoa, like, okay, now that I did that, that was like a really cool feeling because at this point, like, I was like, oh, I want to play, you know, in the American League. And it's like, okay, this is the SPHL and this is what it's like. Right. So I think for me, it was more like <clears throat> that was the most humbling thing, you mm-hmm. know, the, like just being a, like, okay, just like being so close-minded like oh yeah Yeah. like there's no one else in the world but then you get to camp and there's like you know half the guys can't speak english because they're from like europe and shit right it's like um but um i definitely feel like that's where like you know once that season was season was over and i got you know dealt down to huntsville or i got released and then picked up by huntsville to go down there and fight and it was just I, like I had, you couldn't pay me enough to like go fight and play. You know what I mean? So that was right. where in terms of like the humbling, I think it came, you know, when I was like, okay, like a couple years after, you know, when I was like done and like then got going with my life and like took care of some, you know, things like in terms of like getting like moving my life like you know to a more like adult you know i guess um yeah transitioning they, into adulthood yeah, yeah 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 i mean and you know and then it was like wow dude i just played hockey for 225 bucks a week you know for 2 years it's like it, that was not worth it yeah cool but it was like you know it's like it's fantasy world that's the only way to explain it it's not real you know what i mean it's like it's not like it's crazy to think that but then it's the same at every level you know what i mean like an nhl guy it's fantasy world for them too they're just making you know way more 30 times you know 50 times 
Yeah, it's, I mean, like, that's the thing about athletics, right, is like, and, and it's so, it's so different now, and not to turn this into a hockey podcast, um, but, you know, it's, it's a huge part of both mine and Ben's story in life, and it's something that shaped who we are, um, but, like, the thing about hockey is that, like, you get to a point where you're just, you're truly playing for the love of the game, right? I'll give you an example. When I was living out in California and I played in the M-Dub, which is the league you were a part of for like a cup of coffee. A couple, week, couple weeks. Yeah, right. Until I uh, fucking the, grew up. The, <laughs> fuck you. The Mountain, so the Mountain West Hockey League is this, it's this league, this adult league that got started by uh, the guy who was my coach. Um, fuck. Brown, his last name is Brown, ironically. I forget his fucking first name. Craig Brown, maybe? Fuck. It, irrelevant. Anyways, he started this league that was adult players and guys, though, that were like, that were, were good hockey players that were just, you know, whether they were past their prime or never took the next step or whatever, you know, the teams were filled with mostly guys who played junior uh, or college, lower level college. Uh, we had a guy on our team that played a couple games in the show. Like, you know, there was, there was some good talent in the league. And so when I moved to San Diego, my roommate, John Riley was playing on the team and he's like, Hey, like, you know, we're always looking for guys. If you want to come play, he's like, the road trips are hard to get people to come out for because like it was, you know, air quote, semi-professional hockey because you didn't have to pay to play. Like, you know, we didn't pay for ice time. We didn't pay for our jersey. We didn't pay for any of that shit. The only things you had to pay for were your travel, you know, cause there was teams in, when I was in the league, there was a team in uh, up in NorCal. There was a team in Orange County. There was a team in Vegas, Vail, Vail. Breckenridge. Right. Uh, I think there was a team in Arizona Jackson at Hole, that time. Or Jackson, the, the Moose were in the Black Diamond League. Maybe. Yep. And then I want to say Salt Lake City was the other one. When I was in, I know it's expanded since, right. I've, since I've left the league. And so the first, the first invite I got to come play was we were playing in Vegas. And uh, Johnny was like, you're, you're, you can come play. You'll, you'll have a spot. Like, you know, if you drive, you know, we'll head up together. And I was like, fucking right. It's like, I'll drive. So we shot up on a Friday night. I think John and I got there like 20 minutes before the game started, like barely made it in time. And we went out and, and John and I always had good chemistry on the ice and we fucking tore it up. I think we had, I had seven points. He had nine in the two games. We had 16 points between the two of us in the two games. But Anyways, the point of all this, my very first shift, keep in mind, this is the first time I've played full contact hockey in seven years, you know, and for anybody who's played hockey, you know that like full contact hockey is different. Like, it's like, you have to keep your head up. You have, you, you know, in situations where you're going to get hit and you know, when you're not playing contact and full contact hockey, don't worry about it. You don't think about it. You just focus on making the right play and all that shit. You don't have to worry about some goon coming over the middle and elbowing you in the forehead. So my first shift, a guy gives me kind of a buddy pass and I'm coming across the middle. Now, normally for those listening at home, a buddy pass is when someone passes the puck behind you and you have to turn around and look for the puck and you're not paying attention to what's in front of you. So I come across the middle. And this <laughs> the trolley comes on the tracks, boy. Six foot two, two hundred and twenty-five pound dude just comes across the middle and blows me up. My helmet goes flying. Yard sale. 
I yard sale, dude. I get up, I go to the bench, um, you know, not like hurting. I get on the bench. I was like, you're all right. You're I'm like, fuck, forgot what that feels like. And I was like, but we're good now. Like, we're good. Like I got it. Yeah, out now you're playing, dude. I know what I need to do. I'm, I'm, I know what I need to do. And I went out and I played great the rest of the game. But like, the point is, is like hockey's just this weird thing where like, it's hard to let go because the love of the game, like, at 25, this far removed from playing full contact hockey, not having to worry about that. I just signed up to get my clock cleaned and have these fucking goons try and fight me and shit. It's like, you know, you only do that because you love the game, you know? And so like, I understand why you held on the way you did. Um, but you know, it becomes a, a matter of is 250 bucks a week and then moving all over the country and then getting dealt again. Like, is it worth it? You know? Oh, hell no. Dude, trust me. I like everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm pumped that, you know what I mean? Like if I had kept playing, like a lot of things probably wouldn't have, have happened that I, you know what I mean? That I was able sure. to, I wouldn't have had liquid cash to invest. You know what I mean? That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, totally. I, I mean, actually, I, and I don't, after this, we can, get off of this topic but i'm I just this made me curious are there guys in that league in the sp and i guess probably the sp because the east coast they, they make a little bit more but um well there's a there's a players association they actually they actually make so they make less in that in the east coast league pending oh, really? the guy well yeah because like there's a there's a pa you know right. like a so players every, association for those at home Every week you have, you know, your paycheck, you have to pay to the PA, then you're getting a little bit more money. So like, dude, the SPHL, they had a $5,600 a week payroll, right? That was like the thing that was like the big, like it all comes, it's a business, right? Everything's a business. So the owners like that because it's a set amount and then they can work around it. Right. Well, I would get a, a $57 check, right? That was my paycheck. And then I'd get like 200 bucks per diem. Yeah. So it was like, I only got taxed like three bucks a paycheck. So it's just the way they work it. But then on the flip side, you know, you guys got, you got guys making money under the table. Yeah. Like the SP, like, dude, it was a, it was like a fan league, you know, Knoxville, we had, you know, multiple, like the capacity was 5,500 and I bet we averaged like, you know, 4,000. And which is, which is crazy for, you know, and then like a lot of, you know, sellouts on any Jersey night. Right. Huntsville was like 7,500 capacity and we'd get like 55 to, and then multiple, you know, sellouts all the time there too. So like the, you know, the most I played in front of was pack the house night in Pensacola, yeah. 8,500. That was, wow. that was pretty sweet. Um, but you know, it's all like going back to the money thing. It's like, so now you got 8,500 people there, you know, they're probably making a couple hundred grand in concessions, ticket sales, sure. you know? Then you're getting that two night, you know, two or three nights a week sometimes, you know? So, and then you're only paying 5,600 bucks a week in 
you know? Talk about a high profit business. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, I mean, if it's, if you're in the right, you know, but then there's like cities like, you know, um, let's see, when I was in the league, uh, who was that? Oh, Mississippi Surge. Like they were down in Biloxi right on the shore mm -hmm. and they had like 35 people there on like a Jersey night, which it was, it, it sucked playing. You know what I mean? That's, that's like what it's probably like for like the NHL to play in Florida, you know? Like yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. So you know, like going to the, you know, just dude, there's no energy, but right. the building's hot. It, right. It's just like, dude, what the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? You can hear the guy up in the top <laughs> yeah. row yelling at his kid and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dad, I want more popcorn. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. He's got ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my well, my question was going to be is like, so these guys that play, you know, for a long time. They can't cut the cord. No offense, boys. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, my question was going to be like, are they like independently wealthy? Do they have family money? Or is it just they truly um, love the game so much you just stick with it? I mean, I definitely, I mean, hey, there's, everyone's different. Sure. But the way I would, I kind of thought of like, the way I looked at it, my personal, you know, perspective was like, I mean, dude, call it what it is. Like my mom would send me sometimes just as much, you know, sure. like every other right. week than, than, um, you know, my, the fucking team was paying me or whatever. So for the few, call it like the few guys who, you know, they're doing it for the love of the game, but in the, like, they're also whatever, like maybe in serious debt and like, sure. you know, they're, they're just kind of like saying, fuck it. And they're, they're using it as like a, Escape. a way to like put off, you know, adulting, like we were just talking sure. about. Then you got your guys who are just good. Right. And then they kind of get like, you know, like, money under the table coax yeah. along you know what i mean but then a lot of the guys dude they like call it what it is dude they're like they ain't hurting you know yeah. what i mean they're not like poor no, they're, they're getting they're getting helped out but on the flip side it's like on top of that like it's a small like demographic because then you right. also have to be good enough. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. It's so not like it's anybody like, can just show up and play. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a it's a weird thing, dude. And, and hockey's different because there's only like you know five leagues. Right. Baseball, dude, that's a fucking joke. Like if you play minor league baseball, like unless you're playing like triple A, you know, right. or double, you know what I mean, something. There's like all these fucking leagues. It's just like, it's almost like, you you know. Oh, I mean, just, just look say at, it I to mean, like say it. You know, it's baseball's like, draft is like 187 rounds, and like, and I, listen, I get it. I get the like, you know, chasing your dreams, right? But like, when it comes to athletics, when you hear like the stories of like like Scott Darling, for example, right? Because I think Scott Darling won. He, he played which, in the SP. He right, I, I think he, he played in the SB, played in the EC, and then he played the AHL, and then obviously the NHL, and won a Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks. Um, but he's the minority. Like, you know, he's the one guy that comes to mind 
all right off the top of my head. Yeah, but notice all the way up. Yeah, but what what did he play? Goalie, most Different. important position yep. on the ice. But um, also like a, you know, like a Tim Thomas, you know, he didn't even come into his prime till he's in his late 30s. So like it's a different. Jordan Bennington, 25-year-old rookie, Stanley Cup champion. How are ya? <laughs> nice blue note on your hat there, bub. Um, um, but yeah, dude, it's like, so you can, you know, you can tell from an early age because it's funny because then you'll have, you'll have your rich kids that suck. Yeah. You got your rich kids that are nasty. Yep. You got, and then, you know, it's just, you know, goes down. Everything else in between, man. (laughs) I mean, hockey, hockey though is the one sport, at least that I can think of off the top of my head, where there is a barrier of entry when it comes to just how much it costs to play the fucking sport. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what it costs to play hockey. Like, of all the things I'm thankful that my parents did for me, the fact that they were able to afford me playing hockey growing up. And I didn't even like, you know, you played for the junior wolf, but like I didn't play any junior organizations or anything like that. But, you know, I played travel. I went to spring and summer, you know, I played spring hockey, played summer, you know, I went to summer camps and shit like that. So the fact that they paid for all that for all those years, like never be able to repay that, man. I mean, that must've cost a fucking fortune. Uh, dude, you want to start adding up my fucking hockey bill? Like, <laughs> you know, like I didn't go to college to fucking be an acting, you know, a, a wizard of a scholar. I'll tell you that right now. You know, like I went to fucking throw sauce and fucking take one timers, like literally. Um, Sit at the top of the umbrella, rip them know, home, fuck, Mary Poppins. Yeah, no, I was on the, I was on the right, actually. Yeah, right. So we ran a weird power play. It, it, it was stupid, but we fucking scored so many goals. So I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> it was nice. Hey, walk down the athletic hall of fame. And from those years at Castleton, like one year, our, our power play was like 89. I'm sorry. Our penalty kill was like 89%. Yep. Power play was like 33%. Jesus. Like, dude. That's what uh, three hours of film and three hours of practice and study hall and. Well, so like that's the thing that was I I was going to say that a little while back was that like the thing about athletics is like it is just as much work as anything else. Like sure, there's guys that are like naturally gifted, right? But less so in hockey because the skills you have to learn to play the sport you know, at being an athlete, being a good athlete doesn't necessarily dictate or doesn't translate to hockey. Like you, I'm sure, you know, I know guys like, you know, Andrew Maserkowitz bugger, you know, one of the best guys I ever played with is not an athlete, you know, but he's a hell of a hockey player. Um, oh dude. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the weird thing because some, there's some hockey players that are like the, like freaks of athletes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Right. I mean, like straight up. Yeah. Like, you know, your boy just dealing fucking 90 off the mound. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what I was going to say is like, <clears throat> I've also met some of the most unorthodox humans. Like they couldn't yeah. even fucking literally fucking walk straight. You know what I mean? Yep. And then they're like unbelievable hockey players. Yeah. So it, it is like that weird, you know, it's that. Weird, it's a weird. It's a weird. It's a weird sport. Most but, hockey players can't jump, like because they, 
right. everything is everything's lateral for us like right. we stride out so like you know my baseball coach when i used to run down the baseline he used to just laugh at me because i looked like I, he's like <laughs> it looks like you're skating in cleats exactly well what i was going to say was though like with like with athletics like you know you don't see it in the moment right but like these dudes that go that end up being professional athletes like they just work their fucking dick off. Like they just work so goddamn hard. And like thinking back now, and I didn't have the size to play pro hockey, maybe now because the game's getting smaller, but back then I didn't like, I didn't work hard enough. You know, like I went to practice. I, I, like I said, I played all year round. I would shoot pucks in the garage, but like, you know, that was it. Like I didn't work on it 24 seven. And like, that's what you have to do to become a fucking professional athlete that's what these fucking guys do like hockey any of the sports you know basketball is like the one exception because they go get like these seven footers from africa and then in three years of college teach them how to shoot a ball and then they end up in you know they end up in the nba so like basketball is a little bit different typical hockey basketball rivalry going on right here um but yeah i mean it just it comes down to hard work you know and luck there's a lot of fucking luck that gets you know get involved too no, totally. It's like, and you don't realize like in, well, I guess in all sport, like, dude, <laughs> you want to talk about like, if you're on your coach's bad side, like, oh, yeah. dude, my coach loved me. Like, so I had four of the best years in college. You know what yeah. I mean? He would bench me. He would bench me early in a period and I would fucking stand up and cheer the boys on and clap my stick and be so fucking annoying till he'd be like, get the fuck back on the ice. Please just get the fuck away from me. You know what I mean? So like we had this weird relationship. Like he loved me cause I was BFS as he would say, yeah. bigger, faster, stronger. He, he would bitch he, in, in my, that same exit meeting that I was talking about, he had us fill out these, these player evaluations. Okay. Yeah. One okay, mind you, I just had I just led the entire country in power play scoring. We were ranked number two all year. We were we were sick. Our team was sick. I had I had I was a point per game. I had twenty eight points. It was my best best year of college hockey. I fill out. I gave myself like all fours and fives. <laughs> okay. I get my fucking report card back. Dude, this is so fun. Dude, this guy was fucked, man. It was, I love him to fucking death. But he fills out, he fills out his. So we filled out our report cards, right, okay? Right. He fills out his in red, okay? Yeah. Ones and twos all <laughs> the way down the board. All the way down the board. I'm like, coach, what the fuck, dude? Like, you, it's like I'm like, are, like, for real? Like, He's like, Ben, he's like, he goes, I think that if you didn't come to a single practice this year, he said you would have had the, he's like, I think you would have had the same exact stat line that you had. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you don't, he's like, you don't like care. He's like, it just, right. your, your ability, like you're, you know, like we would bag skate and I would be the best bag skater because it was more yeah. just like, fuck you coach. Like, right. you can't fucking get me you know what i mean like so it was just like so here i'm like oh yeah like i had this fucking great year like he's like no he's like you could be way better you know what i mean you, and, yeah. and 
And that's, and, and he's, he was so right. He always told me, he's like, he's like, you need to be playing at 185 pounds. I weighed 220. Like, Coach, are you fucking drunk? You, <laughs> you want me to lose, you know, 40 pounds? Now I weigh that. I'm like, the guy is 100% right. He was First right. Of all, yeah, sure. I could have lost that fucking weight. Yeah. And, dude, I feel. You just did, you didn't need to eat T bones for breakfast every day. <laughs> yeah, dude. But it's just like, it's all like, there, like, you want to talk about it right there. It's like, that's what it's all about. It's like, here I am, yeah. you know, eight, eight years later or however much. And it's like, I think about all the stuff we did every day. And it's like, yeah. dude, he was right. He was 100% probably right. You know what I mean? As a kid, you know, a young man, a college hockey player, like, you don't want to be told, like, you don't want to, like, you're like, fuck you, dude. Like, you're, you know, like, you get in shape, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. It's, it's like, it, hindsight is twenty twenty, man. It, it all, it truly is. It's, it's just, it, and not, and not that saying that I would have gone on to have some like long college career or anything like that, but I just, I did the bare minimum. I always did the bare minimum. I did the bare minimum in high school when it came to schoolwork. I did the bare minimum in hockey. Like, and it wasn't until both of those things were over, you know, hockey in the competitive sense, anyways, I was still playing mentally, but like, it wasn't until both of those things were over where like, I started to realize like, dude, if you just fucking worked harder, you know, if you just put in the work and like school, I don't, school, I don't regret, you know, I don't regret the path that my schooling took at all. No, like, no, because as I, as I've grown and I'm sure you too, everything that I thought was like probably right in my mind has like yeah. come to fruition out of school. Like school yeah, sure. was fucking stupid. It did nothing for us. We were already thinking beyond school in school. If that makes yeah, sense. It, totally. Like, I mean, like the majority of the stuff that I use as practical knowledge today is not anything that any school ever taught me, you know, like almost none of it. In fact, like the, the only couple things that I can vividly remember learning in school that still apply today are a little bit of Italian when I go to Italy because I took Italian for three years in, in high school and then Latin randomly when it comes to putting together or figuring out what words mean. Like that's it. Literally those two languages, that's it. Those are the only two things I can vividly remember. I sucked at chemistry. I sucked at fucking biology. I sucked at English. I sucked at math. Like I sucked at all those things. Um, yeah, for me, I think when I had more money in my pocket than the teachers because of the <laughs> the labor that I did in the summer working for my dad, I was like, yeah. "Why the fuck am I going to listen to you?" I'll fucking, you know. No, it's it's actually fun. It's funny you say that because I. So, for those who don't know, growing up, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. Like that was that was my thing. I was totally obsessed with whales and sharks as a kid. I always wanted to be a marine biologist. That was my thing. One of the one of the science classes I took in high school, I took That's marine really biology cool, senior year, fucking crushed it. I can't tell if you're you're fucking with me. I want to be a marine biologist. That's it was a, dope. That's whaley cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when I applied to colleges, I applied to three schools. I applied to Sacred Heart, I applied to Quinnipiac, and I applied to Tampa University of Tampa. That was going to be my marine yeah, biology school. And dolphins. Yeah. Right. I wanted to go fuck around with the um, starfish. So, but then I started to do research because I've worked that entire summer at my grandfather's liquor store after my senior year in high school. 
And I started to do research and I was like, dude, I'm 18 years old and I'm already making more than marine biologists with PhDs. Like, do I really want to go to school for it? Cause there's like two, two paths in marine biology, right? You go and you be a practicing marine biologist out in the field and you have to get government grants and all that shit to fund your studies and all that. But those marine biologists don't make much money. Granted, most of your expenses are paid for, but you don't make much money or you become a professor, right? And you teach marine biology. Like I didn't want to be a professor. And I was like, dude, do I really want to go to school for eight years and get a PhD in like, you know, not that money is everything, but like make less money than I'm making right now. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, I like what I'm doing and it all went on from there. But um, yeah, there yeah, just well, comes a what, time where you have to like weigh, you know, weigh those options, you know? Right. And the other thing, and so it's like, you know, it's, it's like an interesting thing that you say, because a lot of times I feel like, I mean, it's such, dude, call, like, call it what it is. Like, this whole, I mean, dude, the student loan debacle is exactly mm. that. It's a debacle. A fucking and, disaster. Right. And it's like all, all you're doing is just force feeding, you know, it's like you're telling a kid like, oh, what do you, like, you have to come up with something. You have to pick something right now. Yep. And like, if you right there were like, I want to be a marine biologist. And then that's the route you take. And now here, like six years into your, you know, you're done with your, your master's, you're going for your PhD, you're in, you know, 200 grand of debt. And you're like, yep. dude, I don't want to do this. Right. And it's like, well, holy fuck. And, and, but all I was getting at is like, dude, if you wanted to right now, you could become a marine, marine biologist totally. just right now at you yeah. at your table. Right. You could just, you know, get online because that's all anything is anymore. Anyway, it's like, man, you know, no one even researches books in the library. It's like, you're on your computer. So it's almost like, I mean, the system is set up to fail. Like it, it's set up, like meaning to fail the person, the individual. It's like, you know, anybody that wants it, it's like, dude, how, why do you need a master's to become, to, to be a lifelong teacher and make 50 grand? Right. You know what I mean? And then you're going to be spent, you spend your whole life paying off this, you know, master's, but then you can't even be a teacher for an extended period of time if you don't have your master's or something. Yep. It's just, a, it's, it's all a fucking joke, dude. It's like, dude, it's, it's a fucking, it's a game we all play into, especially like the crazy thing about it is like, take something, take like the University of Alabama, for example, right? Take the amount of money that they make just off their football program. One game. Call just, it one game. I bet you one millions and millions and millions of dollars annually. I would, I would say, I, I don't have this, I don't have this number in front of me, but I can actually look it up right now. But I would say the university of Alabama, um, their football team makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Um, merch, everything like, you know, Jersey sales, everything. Okay, so the Crimson Tide's football revenue of $77 million was the second highest on our list. So $77 million annually just from the fucking football team. Now, granted, it's a South. College football is a big deal down there. So then all the kids pay what? 35, dude, no, 40 grand dude. a year? Dude, Alabama? Think it's that expensive to go to Alabama? Dude, now Alabama's the new fucking – 
that's the new fucking rich kid paradise. You know what I mean? All the fucking rich kids want to go to Alabama. So what do they do? You know they're jacking the price so, up. So let's out see. of state tuition, I bet you is just out of 40. state. Out of state tuition is thirty, but then you got to, but then all the other shit, right? Room, board, fees. So you're Meal talking, plan. you're yeah, talking, yeah, you're talking probably close to forty-five grand a year to go to University of Alabama, right? So here's a school that makes seventy-seven million dollars a year off their fucking football team, and then they're charging 30, every single kid. They have 30,000 30, times 45,000. Right. I mean, what's, what's that? Oh, no, seriously. Let's see. So, obviously, not 30, every kid's paying that. 30,000 times 45,000 would be uh, 1.35 billion. Okay, but guess what? Isn't there like 60,000 students at Alabama? There's a lot. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so U- maybe there are 30,000 that are paying 45,000. University of Alabama student. Uh, 38,563. Okay. So even more than that. And then figure, figure there are less because the in-state tuition is significantly cheaper. But still, anyways, the point of all of this is that like we have this system set in place where like you have to make a decision by the time you're 20 you know, before your junior year, what you're going to do for the rest of your life, your frontal cortex isn't even fully, your decision, the decision-making part of your brain is not even fully developed for five more years, physiologically developed for five more years. Hey, after can we, that. Can, can we go down a little rabbit hole that you've just sure, said? Right man. Fucking right. So let's go. Hey, think about that. Think about that. What you just said, if the decision-making part of your brain is not even developed yet, what do you think is the best way to make sure that that decision-making part of your brain stays brain dead? Or should you go make to, a decision? No, or go to college and fucking drink for four fucking years yeah, sure. and, and literally just intoxicate yourself so till you're so groggy and, and like can't make a decision for yourself that you just get sucked into the system. Here's your yeah. fucking nine-to-five job. You know what I mean? And well, and that's the thing. You come out with so much debt. It's like, okay, well, you have no choice. You have to get a job now because you get what six month loan deferment on your on your um, on your student loan. So you six months, you got to find a job because they're going to start coming for their money. And we're not talking small potatoes here. We're talking big money. They're coming for. So like, if the system just sets you up to fail, it sets our generation up to fail more than the generations prior to us because hyperinflation, not hyperinflation, inflation has caused all these things to be more expensive. The progression of capitalism, the progression of the big banks, all of this stuff, all these little avenues that all these people can make money off of are now affecting the youth of this country. And like, no wonder so many people wake up 40 years after, you know, they get into the workforce and hate their fucking lives and hate their fucking jobs because they have no fucking choice. You come out of school, you have $150,000 in student loan debt. You have no choice. You have to get a fucking job and you're always working for the next job and the next paycheck just to keep the fucking debt, you know, the debt collectors off your back. Like it's fucking bullshit, man. It's fucking bullshit. Right. And then throw in, you know, a car to the mix, housing to the mix. It's just normal Emer- living expenses. Emergencies. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you can't, you can't live without a phone. Well, guess what? Now phones are a jillion bucks and you need this plan. And that's, 
so much a month and it's like all this everything just adds up like we talked like the last whatever couple episodes murphy's law everything that can yep. go wrong will go wrong and it's like if you you know what i mean i the coolest thing i've seen recently is like the definition of wealth mm. and the true definition of wealth is how long can you go like without having to like um like make a payment sort of okay. you know what i mean so sure. like okay yeah oh this guy makes he makes huge dough he makes like you know right. a couple hundred grand a year he's getting you know four g's a week you know you know you think he's making huge bucks but sure then you got the house you got the the expensive cars the boats you know what i mean right. all this right. stuff and it's like if your balance sheet at the end of the week is like, you know, if a guy that's making five grand a week and then at the end of the week is only have, you know, saving a hundred bucks or you got a guy that's making 200 bucks a week and is saving a hundred bucks like that, the you know, that guy is, I just, I just read something. Like, I just read something about what you're, what you're talking about right now. And we should actually probably wrap this up. We're going on like an hour, but, um, I just read something yesterday about what you're talking about and I forget the exact terminology. It's a, it's a, it's a term in um, behavioral economics, but basically I'll call it keeping up with the Joneses right now. There's like a, an actual like human condition that's been studied by psychologists and economists where when people make more money instead of say, okay, say you make a hundred grand a year and you start making 125 grand a year. The average person, instead of just pocketing that 25 grand, goes out and they raise their living expenses to match that 25 grand. Okay, now I can afford this Range Rover I've always wanted. Now I can go get a boat. Let's get a jet ski while we're at it. You know, I need new golf clubs. And so they raise their, they say, okay, now I have this much more money. Let me spend to that limit. And like, that's part of the reason why like our generation specifically is so fucked financially. Like, because every time you get to the next level, it's like, okay, let me just see it. Like, and I'm even fucking kind of guilty of it. Every, everyone is dude. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, it's, it's ingrained in us. Right. Materialism has been ingrained in us. It's like, it's like, Oh, I can afford this now. Great. Let me do it. You know, I didn't get to do it before. Let me do it now because I can afford it. Hey, I guess that's why balance, you know, balance is just yeah. so important. You know what I mean? If you can, you make that extra 25 grand, you know what I mean? Maybe if you can put away, you know, you know, 13 of it or something and then yeah, you know, and do whatever, dude, it's all, it's all about, you know, but, and that's the other thing. It's like, if you can be mindful of this stuff, yeah. you know, that's how you can. Well, you're right. Ahead. Exactly. Like if you can, if you realize what's happening and you don't just do it and turn a blind eye to everything that's going on around you, that's when you're truly going to start winning. When you say, Hey, I'm making this much more than I was before. And I still don't have any fucking money. What gives? And then you start to crack into your budget. Where's all your money going? Oh, okay. Like let's cut this out. I don't need to eat out six days a week. Like, well, and like, it's all about realizing and or self analyzing and realizing what's happening and then try and fix it. You know, like you can't fault anybody for making those mistakes. You can only fault people if they don't do anything to change it, you know? Totally, man. That's, that's, uh, and that's the way she goes. Boom.
subscribe, rate. subscribe, rate, review. Let's go. Happy early birthday, buddy. Um, really good chat this week. This was, uh, this is a good one. This is a fun one. Um, especially since, you know, the last 10 weeks now, we haven't written a single word down as to what we're going to talk about. And the fact that this flows the way it does is, is fucking great. So it's um, almost like it's a conversation. Uh, listen, buddy. Great talk. Love you. Love you, dude.